yeah, the dollar is going to be toast. <laughs> and I think that's why there's so much buildup of tension right now between the West under the U.S. leadership and the rest of the world, the BRICS uh, world. This is Kaiser Johnson with Liberty and Finance, and this is the Miles Franklin Weekly Special for December 27th, 2022 through January 3rd, 2023, while supplies last. This week we feature 2022 silver kangaroos at just $4.25 over spot. Made by the famed Perth Mint, these 2022 silver kangaroos are, along with silver maples, one of the only silver sovereign coins in the world minted at four nines fine purity. On one side, they bear the portrait of Queen Elizabeth II, while on the other, they feature the eponymous kangaroo. They come 25 to a tube and just 250 to a box, and at only $4.25 over spot, they're the most affordable box around. And finally, they are IRA eligible. And if you'd like to learn more about a precious metals IRA, call us, and we'll be happy to help you in that process. Our number for all orders is 1-888-81-LIBERTY. That's 1-888-815-4237. We're available after hours and on weekends, and we look forward to speaking with you. Hey everyone, this is Elijah K. Johnston with Liberty and Finance, and back with us today is our good friend Mario Ineco, the from the very popular uh, Mineco64 YouTube channel. Mario, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome, and thanks for having me again, Elijah. I always enjoy speaking with you. Well, it's great to have you. And the first topic I did want to discuss today um, is central banks buying gold and what we've seen this year. I know it's been record buying and what this may signal for kind of people have been talking about the BRICS countries developing a new reserve currency that might be gold-backed. Um, could we get an update from you on what you're seeing right now and the significance of central banks buying gold? Yes, uh, I actually spoke uh, earlier today in, in my daily video about it because uh, this article came out in the FT saying that November had been a huge buy month, like 700 tons. And prior to that, uh, the third quarter was big, but it was like 400 tons. So in one month, they did more than they did in the third quarter. And this was reported by the World Gold Council. And the speculation, of course, is that China and Russia are now uh, buying uh, a lot of gold. And I think the uh, the Russians, they're the, probably the second biggest producer, uh, one of the top producers of gold. And uh, they, they, they've been blocked out of the Western market and the LBMA. So I, I think uh, the speculation is that they're selling direct to, to the Chinese now as well and the BRICS countries as well. Uh, they're, they're, they're buying gold. Uh, and it's, I think the, uh, the biggest, uh, buying by central banks since 1967, which was like, uh, almost the end of the London gold pool, which was like a, a covert, um, group of central banks from Western Europe and North America and Australia. They're trying to keep the price at $35 uh, an ounce back then. And then the French gave up and they said, well, there's too many. The Americans are printing too many dollars. We want our gold. We're going to redeem it. And and that London gold pool collapsed in 1968. And that eventually led to the uh, end of the uh, original Bretton Woods system on August 15th, 1971. So it's very significant what's happening now, I think, because 
uh, I, I think the uh, the BRICS countries uh, under the leadership of uh, Russia and China are breaking away from uh, the old dollar system that's been around since 1944. I know Nixon closed the gold win in 71, but the dollar is still the major reserve currency. And uh, yeah, it's very significant, I think. No, it seems like we are possibly going to see like a new Bretton Woods. Last time with the original Bretton Woods, you know, the dollar was on top, the U.S. was on top. Um, how is that going to, how is the shift going to impact um, people living in the U.S. and also people in the West as well, for example, in Europe where you are? Yes. Um, and uh, this new Bretton Woods, if we have it, it, it could be just uh, the BRICS countries <laughs> meeting because don't forget, the Bretton Woods in 1944, um, it wasn't all the countries of the world that met then. Uh, so how it impacts the United States domestically and the other Western countries uh, whose currencies are really packed to the dollar? Well, it means that there will be less demand for for dollars. So less demand for dollars means that uh, countries like China and other countries uh, in the BRICS and Global South, as they call it, will have to hold less dollar reserves and they'll be buying less treasuries. And that means that uh, bond yields are probably going to rise because there is not going to be that demand for the dollar. And, and it's going to sift through to the uh, to the euro, to the British pound, to the Canadian dollar, to the Australian dollar, all the Western currencies. And um, we saw recently as well that China and Saudi Arabia and the Gulf cooperation countries uh, did a deal, a three to five year deal to for China to uh, buy their oil and gas and, and for them to get payment in uh, U1 or the petrol U1. So that's uh, highly significant, I think, as well. That's so all it will mean, if there's less demand for dollars, uh, dollars are going to become uh, worth less. And when the currency is, becomes worth less, it buys less. So that means higher prices, a lower standard of living. But I think there is a silver lining. The silver lining is that uh, we're going to have to learn in the West again, especially in the U.S., that uh, we have to earn our way in the world because the U.S. has been able to just uh, print dollars out of thin air and buy whatever they want from whatever country they want. But uh, I think that's coming to an end. So it will mean, uh, I think, a more honest system. Uh, but it, it will feel, feel painful because I think uh, a lot of people are not aware that this is going on. There's so many distractions in the world, as you as you know. A lot of people aren't also aware that most of the dollars in existence are actually held outside the U.S. So if we do see a decrease in demand for dollars and dollars coming back to the U.S., that just increases the money supply, which will just make inflation worse. Your perspective on that? Yeah, physical dollars. Uh, uh, I think like in Russia, they used to hold a lot of physical dollars under the mattress in countries like uh, Venezuela, Argentina, Brazil, all, all, all throughout South America, uh, that will impact as well on inflation. Uh, but apart from just physical uh, dollar notes, uh, the, the fact that, uh, yeah, interest rates are probably going to stay 
elevated because there won't be as much uh, buying of bonds as well. That's going to keep financing costs high. That's probably going to increase the U.S. government's uh, financing costs. Like every year they have to to renew uh, old debt that uh, matures. (laughs) How do they do that? They don't pay it off. Well, they pay it off by issuing more debt and and it's going to keep costing more. So it's a vicious circle instead of of a virtuous circle that we've had for about 40 years where the Uncle Sam didn't have to worry about the debt because foreigners were captive buyers. But uh, I'm not saying foreigners are going to stop buying treasuries outright, but uh, I think there will be a huge decrease of uh, the amount of treasuries they uh, will need. And we've seen already this year, even Japan has uh, lowered its uh, treasury reserves like from like one3 Three trillion to just over a trillion. China as well is now below. I think approaching nine hundred billion from above. Uh, I think from a, above one point one trillion at the beginning of the year. You can find that data at the U.S. Treasury website. It's called the TIC, the Tick Data. Now, what about central bank digital currencies? Because we're hearing a lot about this as well. And many people out there are saying, well, that that's the future, right? Whether it's good or bad. Um, we're hearing in the U.S. that they're rolling out the digital dollar. It's already being tested right now. So does that play a role in this at all? Or is it just that people are going to countries are going to move towards a sound money system? Yeah, it's difficult to say uh, whether this uh, CBDC uh, move is more just of a technological thing for uh, among central banks to pay each other and banks or if they really want to use it as well to keep track of what we do. Um, <laughs> and I, I know people are worried about that, and, and I think uh, that is a worry, but I think uh, we need to be a little less um, fearful about CBDC. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's something that uh, could also run parallel to the the system we have now of uh, uh, paper money. And and also we have a digital system right now, wiring money and uh, debit cards and prepaid cards or credit cards. So it could be a technological thing. And and actually today I saw a story that came out of someone sent to me. It's uh, Sberbank is the biggest bank in Russia, commercial private bank. They, they've developed a blockchain currency uh, backed by gold. So in that sense, that would be a good thing if they the Russians eventually had a, a gold-backed CBDC. Uh, I think that would work. But uh, a lot of people think that the CBDCs will come about after a collapse in the West, a collapse of the currencies, and they'll, then they'll uh, come, they'll say that uh, CBDC is a solution. But unless the CBDC is backed by something concrete like gold or silver, I, I think it could work initially, but then it, it, it wouldn't last too long. It's a little bit like uh, in uh, France, uh, after the French Revolution, they, they issued the assignats. And that collapsed, um, you know, that went uh, inflated, was inflated massively and collapsed. And then they brought something else after the Asinian called the mandat, and that didn't last very long either. So 
CBDC. Uh, yeah, it is a worry, but uh, I think we need to uh, maybe not be so fearful. But again, <laughs> I, I think one way to fight a CBDC, uh, the system, is to have uh, uh, monetary assets outside the banking system. And, and you know, we know what that is, physical gold and silver. And uh, even if we have to use CBDCs, uh, I don't think it would be that different from what we uh, use today digitally. Yes, some people are concerned that they might program it. They might put like a, a sell-by date for the currency to make you spend uh, quicker if the economy slows down and vice versa. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I think, yeah, but there is a lot of uh, talk about CBDCs, I have to admit. Now, it seems like to me, whether we have a central bank digital currency backed by gold or just a reserve currency from the BRICS backed by gold, um, you know, the old saying that good money, good money drives out bad money, right? So I, it seems to me that if we do have, if any country goes to a gold backed system, it seems like that's kind of where the game ends or the game is over at that point because, um, who will want to hold dollars at that point if there's a gold-backed currency? It seems like that would just be the currency that everyone would want. Yeah, and I think that's why we're having such uh, tumultuous uh, geopolitical uh, environment right now, uh, this uh, proxy war in, in the Ukraine, and the fact that uh, it doesn't look like... Uh, the West, <laughs> I think the Russians said they, they're ready to negotiate, but uh, the terms that Ukraine and the West are giving Russia are unacceptable uh, to the Russians. So, yes, uh, and, and I think it's got a lot to do with the BRICS uh, currency, what's going on uh, in terms of the geopolitics, even though <laughs> we don't hear that in the mainstream media. So you're right. Um I think I heard someone say years ago, it could have been Jim Sinclair or someone else that once a country strong enough, like Russia and China, let's say both together, say we're going to have a, a gold back digital currency. Um, yeah, that we can uh, trade through the blockchain. Yeah, the dollar is going to be toast. <laughs> and I think that's why there's so much uh yeah, there's so much buildup of tension right now uh, between the West under the U.S. leadership and the rest of the world, the BRICS uh, world. Now, when it comes to how this is going to be impacting the prices of precious metals, what I've heard before is that really for a gold standard today, there's not enough gold out there at current prices. So it seems like precious metals would have to be revalued to be able to have any substantial backing of a currency. Um, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think there's always enough gold. And like you said, it depends on the exchange rate because that's what uh, we have to look at gold as the center uh, of the monetary world. So the currencies, yeah, it just depends on the ratio. And uh, yeah, the price um, will be in fiat terms will have to be a lot higher than it is now to, to let's say get a, 30% backing at least, I think, uh, back in the 1900s under the classical gold standard, uh, the British had like a, a third backing for their uh, currency in gold, and that worked quite well. 
I mean, some people would argue they, they want 100% backing, but uh, uh, I think if you have 30 to 40, that would be enough to keep it, uh, keep it going. And what impact do you think that'll have on the metals prices? Um, do, do they have to be multiples of what they are today? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I, I don't have a, some people talk about 80,000. I think it was, um, Bill Holter. <laughs> some people talk uh, huge numbers. Uh, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think, uh, the fear price. Yeah, it is important right now, but. I think it will, what will be important is the, uh, uh, purchasing power of a gram of gold or an ounce of gold and silver. I think it will be a lot higher than what it is now. And, uh, yeah, I guess that will be reflected, uh, in the fiat price, <laughs> even though like in countries like Venezuela and Argentina and, uh, Lebanon, the currencies there have, uh, dropped so much that, uh, you can't even get gold with their their currencies. So uh, that's why I think it's important to focus on the purchasing power uh, of gold and silver. And when it comes to uh, silver, I'm not hearing a lot about uh, silver being used in this new monetary system if we, if we go to this. Um, do you think silver has any role uh, in the monetary system of the future? I, I think it should, really, yeah, because it provides more liquidity because if you look back at the uh, 1900s, sorry, 18, 19th century, 1800s, up to World War I, uh, silver uh, and gold were uh, changing, you know, changing hands. They were both currencies, and uh, uh, gold is more of a savings instrument, more for, you could argue, like for your saving wealth, uh, wealth. Uh, preservation and storage and silver is more of a change currency so i i think uh yeah i think it should come back whether it will uh, i don't know but uh we've seen that the indians have been buying a lot of silver and i think a few years ago even the uh russian central bank uh, bought silver so i think they have silver uh and the chinese uh, i think they have a lot of silver the chinese people so who knows? It's possible. You have Mexico as well. They they could go on a dual uh, gold and silver standard. I think it would be good because, as I said, it provides more options, uh, not just gold, but also uh, silver. And speaking of that optionality, the central banks that are accumulating gold right now do have more... Um, I guess more soundness, right, than those that don't. You mentioned in a recent video that central banks can, can actually use gold to reliquify their balance sheets. Um, can you expand on that and kind of the power that gold gives central banks? Yeah, I think it was one of the uh, central bankers in Europe a few weeks ago or months, uh, the head of the uh, Dutch central bank. He was uh, doing an interview on TV over there, and uh, the central bank's balance sheets now are underwater because all the bond, bond prices are dropping, and they did a lot of QE, and they have very thin uh, amount of capital. And this guy, uh, I think his name is Knot, K-N-O-T, he said that we could always use gold to, uh, you know, reliquify our balance sheet because, yeah, the, a lot of central banks have have gold and uh and how would they do that well i think they would instruct the bullion banks 
which really uh, are agents of the central banks to close their paper shorts, you know, and uh, that would drive the price up and it, it, it would uh, re, revalue their uh, their balance sheet. And uh, with uh, the environment in the bond market and the way I see it, 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 it's very possible to happen in the future. I think in 1980, when gold went almost up to 900, the Fed's balance sheet was uh, backed by over 100%, like 125% by gold. So uh, that, you know, the market did that when gold went from 400, like in the beginning of the uh, of 1979 to 870 or 887. In, in January 1980. So, yeah, the market could do it or they could. I, I don't think they would do it officially because uh, gold that would uh, uh, imply that uh, gold is now running things. They would probably let the market do it. They would, you know, as I said, bullion banks would uh, cover their paper shorts, which are huge, <laughs> as we as we know, and that would catapult the price higher. And then uh, they would just uh, probably say, oh, gold is now going to be in a band and they will sell, you know, at a certain price and buy at a certain price and keep it there. Now, when it comes to central bank credibility, it seems like that in this new system, well, in the current system we're in, all the markets are looking at what the Fed says. You know, Powell speaks in the the market moves, right? In this new system, do you see the Fed, uh, the U.S. Central Bank really having much importance? If, if you know the the really important currency is really you know what the uh, what the BRICS nations have because it's gold backed. Do you see um, the Fed having much credibility or importance in that new system? Well, I don't think they have credibility right now, but uh, because I actually think the market, the Fed has been behind the curve. But yeah, it will depend how the Fed and the Western central banks react to a, a, a potential BRICS uh, gold-backed currency. But uh, yes, in a gold-backed system, <laughs> the, the central bank is there just to like uh, facilitate, I would say, payments like between amongst nations. You know, if you have a surplus one year, um, you will send, uh, let's say, paper you want to to Mo- moscow and uh and then the the russian central bank will send the chinese some gold that that's what it's there for so yeah whether that will happen in the west um it's difficult to say uh, ideally you know in we should be in a world where central if there are to be central banks they're just like uh, depositories of uh currency and gold uh, but uh, and then the market, the market individuals in the market decide uh, what the price of credit is by either uh, lending their gold, which means putting your gold with a bank or withdrawing it. You know, and that changes interest rates. So, yeah, I think we, we might go back to that kind of world because we've had this uh, crazy floating rate currency and uh, fiat currency system for too long and uh, the flip side of that would be 
people would actually probably think, oh, this is not a free market system because uh, currencies are are not floating anymore. But if you think about it, uh, currencies and uh, money is just a, a should be a, a measure of weight of gold and silver. And I think that was a big mistake uh, uh, Milton Friedman made, even though he was a pro free market guy. He said, oh, currencies should float. It's a free market. But I think that's wrong. Before we let you go, Mario, if we could get your perspective kind of on the shorter term, we've been focusing more on the big picture right now and the system that we're heading into, it looks like. But if we're looking, you know, we're looking at the end of the year uh, coming up in a few days here and a new year, 2023, what do you anticipate for the precious metals in this coming year? Yeah, I mean, up until a few months ago, precious metals were disappointing. And I would say, I guess they are still a little bit disappointing, especially if you uh, in in the U.S. and you uh, your currency is the U.S. dollar. I think gold is pretty much unchanged for the year, which is better than being down like over 30 percent like the Nasdaq and uh, better than being down over, I think, almost 30 percent in the TLT, which is a long term uh, treasury ETF as well. And silver, I mean, it's picked up. It's up on the year now, about 3%. And uh, it's been a year where central banks have really uh, been aggressive with their tightening, uh, with uh, QT, especially the Fed. And uh, all those people who said, oh, when interest rates go up, gold and silver are going to collapse. And they've actually stood really firm. So uh, my view is that the Fed, and other central banks, yes, they'll probably keep tightening for the next few months, maybe into the spring. But after that, they're going to slow down. So uh, I think that will put, uh, uh, you know, wind behind uh, the the gold and silver sales. And, uh, yeah, I think it will be a, a good year for, for gold and silver, better than um, 2022. And I don't think 2022 has been bad because if you look at all the other assets, they, they've lost so much. If you've had gold and silver, uh, you can buy a lot of things a lot cheaper. <laughs> Bitcoin, you can pay 60% less than you did at the beginning of the year, for example. You can buy bonds a lot cheaper as well, and you can buy stocks. Uh, am I saying people should do that? <laughs> Not necessarily, but uh, yeah, I think uh, also the new BRICS, setup for their uh, currency is going to be more commodity based. And I, I think uh, not just gold and silver are going to do well, but commodities are going to continue to do well too. All right. Well, Mario, we really appreciate all your time today and your insights. Before we let you go, if you'd like to share with our viewers where they can find you on online and any last thoughts you had. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube at Monaco 64. I am on Twitter as well. There have been some bots there just to let people know I'm at Maneco 1964. Uh, there was a bot that put an extra N, so be careful. And um, last thoughts. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I've said that to other people uh, I've uh, recently interviewed with is not to fear things, just to take one day at a time, <laughs> switch off a little bit uh, or almost completely from the mainstream media and uh, keep plugging away. Fantastic. Mario, once again, thank you so much for your time. God bless and Happy New Year. God bless to you too, uh, Elijah, and Happy New Year. Miles Franklin Precious Metals. 
is one of America's oldest and most trusted bullion dealers. Miles Franklin is A-plus rated and accredited by the Better Business Bureau, licensed and bonded, and has zero complaints ever registered. Here at Liberty and Finance, we are licensed brokers with Miles Franklin. To order, simply call us, discuss your needs, and we will let you know our live inventory, prices, and availability, and lock in your order over the phone. Once your order is locked, the price is held for you regardless of market fluctuations, and the metals are reserved for you awaiting your settled payment. Within one business day of ordering, you will receive an email invoice detailing the order and payment instructions. Miles Franklin accepts payments by Bankwire, ACH or electronic check, money order, check mailed priority mail, and cryptocurrency. The fastest forms of payment are Bankwire and cryptocurrency. Upon settled payment, metals will ship out within three to five business days. You will receive tracking information via email. Domestic shipping charges are $15 for any order under 500 ounces of silver or 10 ounces of gold. For orders larger than that, domestic shipping is free. The package will be double boxed, fully insured, and labeled discreetly, with no indication of the contents inside. For your privacy, the name Miles Franklin will not even be on the package. To talk to myself, Elijah, my brother Kaiser, or my father Dunnigan, call 1-888-81-LIBERTY. That's 1-888-815-4237.